You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Ooh, welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. Live in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. If you need to gear up for football season, kick off just a week away. If you need a red T-shirt with a double T on it, go to Cardinals Sports Center. Get ready for that trip to Wyoming. You can also probably get some camping supplies or something. I don't know if you're out in Wyoming, you want to do a little camping. Whatever you need to do, you can gear up at Cardinals Sports Center right outside the loop on Slide Road or online, mycardinalssports.com. Kyle, how you doing? Good, man. I'm in, I'm in game week preparation mode. You're so focused. Yeah, man. I mean, we can't be – I know we've got an episode to do, and we're going to talk about some stuff, but anyone who's thinking about, you know, switching from Under Armour to Adidas or leveling the bevel or uniforms or anything like that needs to get their mind right because, as everybody knows, anything that you're commenting on on Facebook or tweeting about on X, this influences the outcome of the game. And so as fans, we cannot have our minds anywhere except we got a big game week two against Oregon coming to the Jones new stadium. Got to block all that out. It's all about Wyoming this week. And if our minds aren't right, the boys are going to struggle on the field. Get your minds right. Good speech. Um, All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about week zero. I don't have any huge profound things to say about week zero i thought a couple of things happened i thought a couple of things didn't happen that i thought might uh the vanderbilt hawaii game was fun uh but that's pretty much the only game i watched i was on the road back from el paso kyle was on the road back from el paso there's a kind of one road one option to come home on the highway from el paso was there for a high school speech speech football game you get about an hour outside of El Paso and the road's closed. So I have to go all the way back to El Paso and then drive home through Alamogordo. It's like a nine-hour drive that should have been a six-hour drive. That's rough. Anyways, didn't get to watch Notre Dame. <laughs> didn't get to watch a lot of college football, but I did get home for the Hawaii game. It's very fun. Well, actually, let's start there. Let's start with Week Zero Friday Night Lights because we were both doing something – Maybe a little bit unique. So what what were you doing in El Paso? Yeah, I got to call a high school football game with my dad. We'll be calling the Lubbock High games all season. So that was a good start. And they won, which is rare for the Lubbock High team. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade at El Paso, but it seems like most schools from El Paso usually get bounced pretty early in the playoffs. Do you think – Lubbock High won because they're making strides, or do you think the opponent caliber was maybe not quite up to par? Yeah, they beat Socorro last year, too, and they went 2-8. and eight. So, Socorro of the El Paso schools is one of the lower-end El Paso schools. But, 
I think it's a 6A program, and a win is a win. All right? A win is a win. So good good for Lubbock High. They got one out of the way and uh, can now move forward. I don't know a better way to do it, but I've got a friend who coaches in, in the Fort Worth area, and he invited me to a playoff game, I guess last year, maybe year before, at Friendship, and they were playing a team from El Paso. And I'm just like, can we – can we come up with a better system where both teams don't have to drive six hours on a bus to play? It's tough to lose your your senior year of high school playoff game, but then to have to sit on a bus till I don't know four a.m. going back to El Paso is just that's rough. Tyler just lost focus. It's on him if we lose. That's terrible, man. You got a week to regain it. We should be focused by the time we get to Wyoming. I went to Fredericksburg this weekend out in the Texas Hill country just for fun. Mostly. A little bit of business. Well, I, that sounded really, um, what's the word like dismissive. We were down there because my mother-in-law was having a, like a minor surgery. And then we're like, why don't we just stay in the Hill country after that? So I, the, the reason we actually went down there was for her health, which everything went well, thankfully. Good. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we stayed in Fredericksburg and, you know, so she's recovering from a, a minor procedure. My wife and I are, you know, traveling with a toddler. And so they were both ready to kind of call it quits for the night at dinner time. And I was like, I'm going to go watch local high school game just because, you know, football's back and I don't want to wait till Notre Dame tomorrow. So I'm just going to. So I went and watched the Fredericksburg Battling Billies. Battling Billies. Take on Salado. I don't know what Salado's mascot was. And I was trying to Google results from last year to see if this might be an interesting matchup. And I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it because Salado hung 50 on him last year. And so I was like, well, maybe this is not going to be a competitive game. But Salado went like 3-8 and eight last year. Made playoffs, lost to Quero, who was always really good in overtime. So, like, this team couldn't beat anybody all year. They get to the playoffs and almost beat one of the best teams in the state. So, anyway, I wasn't sure how good Salado would be. Fredericksburg was, like, 5-5 five and five last year. So, again, not sure what to make of it. But a competitive game. Salado won, I think, 42-35 was the final. And it was – Salado kept him at arm's length by 7 or 14 points all game. But it was a pretty good back and forth. And – uh cooled off enough after the sun went down. So I got my my early season fix of high school ball with two teams I have no ties to whatsoever, but I just was there and wanted to partake. Very nice. I try not to question coaches on air, but I want to give you a situation here. Socorro is down 16 with about two minutes left. They have the ball. They score with 45 seconds left and kick an extra point to make it a 10-point game or a, yeah. Nine-point game? To make it a nine-point game, yeah, instead of an eight-point game. Yeah, that's just wrong. I mean, you're cutting it from a two-possession game to a two-possession game. I was so confused at the moment. I would get it if if there was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and, like, there's time for multiple possessions. But, like, at that point, you need the onside kick – and to score again and get another two-point conversion. So, yeah, that's... And then they kicked it deep. 
Okay. <laughs> the leader's 10. Hey, early season non-district, maybe they're just trying to rep some special teams. I guess. They kicked an onside earlier in the game, so I was confused. I don't know what the guy was doing. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing, like – and I don't know. I, I don't know if this is on the coaches or players, but like um, Fredericksburg has this kid who's six three, uh, you know, out at receiver. I don't know if he's any good, but it, the corner is on an island. Like there's nobody, and like they can't run the ball. And I was like, I mean, there's got to be. You probably don't have too many plays in the playbook better than throwing this guy a fade twenty yards down the field. They just like wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's like okay, I mean, high school football, man. Yeah. What I did love, though, about Fredericksburg, the PA guy, he gave credit to every single person and group of people. Every time they ran for a first down, how about that Billy's offensive line? And he goes, how about our yearbook staff taking pictures of the boys tonight? How about our training staff keeping the boys healthy and hydrated? How about the cheerleaders you know, keeping the spirit up in the stands? I mean, anybody who could have gotten a shout out just at random breaks in the game, he was – how That's about awesome. that Fredericksburg band? So, yeah, I was like, I've definitely been in that scenario where, you know, parents feel like their kid is underappreciated. They're like, oh, they don't care about the band or they don't care about the cheerleaders. Not on this guy's watch. Everybody was getting a shout out. I have to take a page from that guy's book. Yeah. Radio broadcast. Um, there was also high school football here locally, Kyle, that neither of us were uh, in town for. But uh, Texas Tech recruit Bobby Ross from Estacado had, I think, 15 carries, five touchdowns, 260-something yards. Pretty good. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Pretty good line. <laughs> I see stats like that sometimes, dude. I, I remember, like, I mean, I had a good senior year. I was, like, second team all district in a good district and everything. And I think I had five touchdowns all year. And that kid did it on 15 <laughs> carries in one game. And it was a competitive game. It wasn't like it was 60 to nothing. Yeah. Like, it was, I think, 51 to 40-something. It was a close game all the way through. And, and, like, did you see Will Hammond's stat line? Yeah. Like, like 15 no. to 17 for 300-something yards, and then was six touchdowns, and he rushed for one, too. He had, like, seven carries for 100 yards. He's, like, yeah. not even supposed to be this dual-threat guy. And, yeah, I, was, I saw some video clips, like, 70-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown. I mean, crazy. Will Hammond, the Hutto Hippo. Recruit commit for Texas Tech. Man. So anyway, it was it was good to be back this weekend. High school football. And then uh, you know, Notre Dame looked like Notre Dame, but not like Notre Dame. They've been struggling with teams like Navy the last couple of years. Sam Hartman might be the real deal here. I, I discounted him in, in our Heisman discussions, but after game one, he's a Heisman favorite for me with Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean they didn't need to do a ton, but what he was asked to do, I think he was like 19 for 23, four incompletions, four touchdowns, and they were just surgical. I, I saw most of that game, and so it wasn't like a super competitive game, but it was nice. Like they were the only – well, them and USC were kind of like the only two big-time programs playing week zero. Um, no offense to UMass or anything, but, or you know, you – yeah, like you kind of don't want to see – Navy and Notre Dame play close. Like if it's probably some ugly football if that's the case. But instead, Notre Dame was just dominant from start to finish, and they were impressive. Yeah, I think I think their head coach is sort of a defensive-minded guy, and their defense was flying around. I know it's tough to play against a triple option, no matter how much time you have to prepare for it. And the offense, like you said, just goes to another level. Instead of 
they've sort of had just a guy the past couple of years, and now they've got a dude that was setting ACC records surrounded by not a ton of talent at Wake Forest who's done it against that level of competition. So they could be good. Uh, I don't know if they weren't like off the radar or anything. I mean, they're a top 15, whatever team. But yeah, I think they sort of use that opportunity to steal the limelight a little bit and maybe get some playoff hype. Uh, You also had San Diego State beat Ohio. I think we both had that one in the bag. Uh, and then you had the Matt Wells Bowl, David Yost versus Sonny Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie's squad taking that one with nine unanswered there in the fourth quarter. Nobody scored in the second half except Louisiana Tech. 22-17 was the final. Uh, David Yost and company scored 17 in the second quarter, by the second quarter in the first half, and then didn't score again. Sounds yeah, that funny. game looked ugly out of the gates for – Louisiana Tech, I put in a, a live pick on action when FIU was up by seven and they were driving, and I just thought, okay, Louisiana Tech stinks. And, I mean, it wasn't pretty. But they they figured out how to stop the FIU run, and throwing it was just out of the question. I, I remember them showing – this was in the fourth quarter – that FIU had six passing yards. And I know we all joke about the David Yost offense and just bubble screen, bubble screen, bubble screen – and they threw like this shallow cross and it lost two yards. And I remember thinking to myself, that quarterback just lost 33% of his passing production on that one two yard loss. I mean, it was just horrible, but it's a conference win. So good for Sonny Cumbie. They were, they showed a quick tidbit before the game that Louisiana tech hasn't gone without a bowl game in three consecutive seasons since 92 to 94. And so I think that's a very manageable and realistic goal is just get to a bowl game and uh, would have been would have been ugly to lose that one. They were 11 or 12 point favorites, I think. Yeah. And so and it, it didn't look good from the start. They've got some stuff to clean up, but they had some good weapons on offense. Their problem is they turned the ball over a bunch, but their defense figured it out in the second half for sure. And I think if they clean it up on offense, they might be OK. Their fi- the final line for this quarterback of David Yost, Florida International, Grayson James, five for 14, four yards, .3 average, and a pick. That is so bad. That is so bad. And what's funny is the very first play of the game, I kind of had a hunch. I was like, you know what? Everybody's giving David Yost all this crap that his offense is so conservative and all he does is throw it to the sideline. Sure enough, they take a deep shot right out of the gates. It's incomplete, and they score two plays later, busting a 65-yard run. But they never tried to go vertical after that, and, I mean, probably shouldn't have. It wasn't going to work, but nothing was working for them. So that game was ugly, but I was watching because I was pulling for Cumbie, and I didn't have the Pac-12 network set up, so I couldn't watch USC and San Jose. But from Twitter, it sounded like USC – struggled a little bit more than they should. Uh, speaking of conference games, UTEP losing their conference opener against Jacksonville State. Rich Rod, 1-0 at the FBS level. He's back. He's at Jacksonville State last year, but they were not uh, FBS level. And then uh, Hawaii Vanderbilt. Hawaii got just boat raced in Hawaii last year. Uh, they hung with Vanderbilt. Freaking ESPN. 
they hung with Vanderbilt uh, the whole game and nearly tied it up at the end. Yeah, I thought – I think I picked them to cover the 17 or 17 and a half. Wish I could have watched that one too, but, um, you know, I was at an Airbnb and my TV was kind of freaking out and Hulu wouldn't let me log in on my phone. So I I was planning to take it all in, you know, watch on multiple screens. Didn't quite work out, so had to prioritize which, which games I wanted to see. Uh, but, yeah, you know, week zero, it's definitely better than NFL preseason but they also don't ever really give you that compelling of a matchup. So, but Hey, we're only a few days away now from Thursday and there are some good games on Thursday, including big 12 football. So. So did you see Tyree Wilson tear up the Cowboys backup offensive line? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, get used to that. I mean, I was, when I was rewatching all of our games from last year, I think he does that more than he gets around a guy or puts on a move. It's just like, shoving the offensive lineman back into the backfield. So, yeah, that was good to see. That'll work. Yeah. That'll play in the NFL. Uh, speaking of, do you have any other week zero thoughts? Did you uh, like the or notice the the clock rules change? I didn't notice a ton while I was watching. I, I did see a tweet that the, the average plays run went down from like 68 to 63 first off very small sample size yeah but it with is, Navy. it's all we have to work with yeah but also like with usc with la sure, tech sure, sure i kept seeing that like well there were some slow-paced teams that play this weekend well there are some fast-paced teams that play this weekend and iowa and army are going to play next weekend and so are texas tech and so anyway we'll see i mean we do need a bigger sample size but i thought it was hilarious they they cut they cut out about eight percent of the football and cut down about one percent of the broadcast time those are literal calculations the broadcast went from 327 to three hours and 24 minutes so all these rule changes they shaved off about one twelfth of the game in terms of snaps played and saved you all of three minutes and so and i said that when they announced this rule i was like if you want to cut back on game length quit reviewing everything for 10 minutes and that you know i guess we're not going to advocate for fewer commercials because that's where the tv money is coming from right uh, but yeah, they they got in just as many commercials and reviews, despite having fewer plays to run. So funny how that works. That is always my thought on the the game time operations, especially in uh, Major League Baseball. Don't leave for six minutes in between every inning. There's your th- like you don't need to f- change the game. Don't take a timeout before and after every kickoff. Uh, you know, my beef on reviews has always been, okay, I saw this replay from two angles in my living room and I'm 95% sure that he caught it or he didn't catch it. Yeah. Let's move on with it. But I'm sitting there like 10 minutes later and, you know, my wife walked the dogs and the flowers bloomed outside and like, they're still reviewing it. It's like, guys, what? So anyway, if, if they had shaved off 15 to 25 minutes of the broadcast, okay, there's a conversation to be had there. But the broadcast is the exact same length of time, so it seems pretty pointless. Yeah. Uh, all right, we did have a depth chart reveal. Uh, I'm going to go through it really fast because this is something we've talked about before here. This is the Texas Tech Red Raider uh, depth chart. Stop me, Kyle, if, you, if you're surprised by something or you want to talk about something. Otherwise, I'm just going to read through it. 
Uh, offensive line starters, Monroe Mills, Cole Spencer, Rusty Stats, Dennis Wilburn, Caleb Rogers. Backups left to right, Matt Keeler, Jacoby Jackson, Sheridan Wilson, Landon Peterson, Ty Buchanan. And then at tight end, Mason Tharp or Baylor Cup, Henry Teeter or Jaden York. To reiterate, Mason Tharp is 6'9", 270 now. So on that on that tight end one, the first string is two guys and second string is two guys, or is it four oars? It is two oars. So first string and then second string. Who are the first string guys? Mason Tharp or Baylor Cup. Got it. And I think that's if you start in a passing formation or a running formation. The running formation would be Mason Tharp because he's 6'9", 270. Uh, wide receiver, Loic Fundry, Dre McRae, Taj Brooks at running back, Miles Price starting at the Y, Jaram Bradley at the Z. Uh, and then back across the other way, Jordan Brown, Brady Boyd at the H, that inside receiver. Xavier White, Nehemiah Martinez at the Y, the inside receiver, and then J.J. Sparkman at the Z behind Bradley. So if we go four wide, Dre McRae and Miles Price are starters in the slot? Yes. I like that. And Cameron Valdez, the backup at running back. Tyler Shuck, Baron Morton, the two quarterbacks listed. And then Nehemiah Martinez and Xavier White, the other two behind Miles Price at the Y. Those two guys, Xavier White and Nehemiah Martinez, pretty dadgum productive, at least in spurts last year. I take that as a good sign that Dre McCray beat out both of them because that, I mean, we were, I think, excited about his potential. But in my opinion, that means it sort of came together in terms of production during fall camp. Because I don't know, it, I, I just think you'd have to have somebody pretty good lined up to keep. Xavier White and Nehemiah Martinez off the field. Yep. So that that gets me pretty amped. I I, I kind of wondered if McCray would slot in somewhere on the outside as, as a backup or a rotational guy. But if he's earned the starting spot in the slot, I think that's a good sign. Defensively, the defensive line, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, Miles Cole, Josiah Pierre, the starters. Behind them in the two deep, Quincy Ledette Jr., Imarian Banks at the two middle Defensive lineman, and then Joseph Adateray and Ben Roberts. Sorry, I was reading. This is, this is, I have one beef here. The graphic is terrible. The graphic is terrible. The, oh man. Steve Linton is the starting edge. Listed at outside linebacker on the far right of the graphic. Bryce Ramirez behind him. Josiah Pierre, Ben Roberts at the will. Jacob Rodriguez, Tyreek Matthews, Wesley Smith at the mic. As confusing as that was, do you want me to read it again or you got it? I got it, but read it again for the... Okay. I'll read it right this time. Interior defensive lineman, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford. The edge position, Miles Cole. And then the other edge position listed at outside linebacker is Steve Linton. Behind those guys, Quincy Ledette, Amarian Banks, Joseph Adetere, and Bryce Ramirez, or Isaac Smith. Or Isaac Smith, which I was surprised by, that Bryce Ramirez beat out Isaac Smith. Yeah, same deal there. You can't do this in modern college football, but I wish we could have like a six-down line front um, 
because you're super deep there. And if guys like Adateray and Isaac Smith aren't starters, again, that's just – that bodes well in terms of depth in case of injury and just how good the guy ahead of him on the depth chart has to be to keep a guy like that off the field. All right, the two true linebacker positions, uh, Josiah Pierre and Jacob Rodriguez, the starters. And then Ben Roberts, Tyreek Matthews, and Wesley Smith behind them. If there's a position that worries me, it's this one. I I think, and I've made my opinion on this clear, I think that Josiah Pierre has a high ceiling at that position, but it's not what he played the last couple of years. He was more outside linebacker. Jake Rodriguez really flashed, but I think he played fewer than 200 snaps last year. So he's going to get more than that in probably the first three games. Um, maybe four if, you know, Tarleton, if the starters don't play that long and Wyoming plays pretty slow. Um, all that to say, not a ton proven at that position from the starters. And then, God forbid, if one of them goes down, the depth there I think is not as strong as what we just talked about on the defensive line. But Certainly not as experienced. Yeah. I think there's potential. I'm not trying to run down that position group. I think they can – I think they're very capable of making plays. I'm excited to watch them but that is the position group that makes me most nervous. All right, the starters at star and safety, because these are known, I think there's a surprise at corner, but star C.J. Baskerville, safety, Dadrian, Taylor Demerson, and Tyler Owens. And then at corner, Rashad Williams and Braylon Lux. Or Malik Dunlap, which I was surprised there. Yeah, we put Malik Dunlap on our preseason All-Big 12 ballot as one of our five defensive backs. He had really good production last year. I don't think he got lost in coverage as much as maybe some other guys that were playing DB last year. And so I I take this as a positive sign with Braylon Lux that he's made an impression to almost or potentially oust one of those two starters that are both super seniors, Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap. But I kind of would have thought that if he was pushing anybody for playing time, it would have it it would have been somebody else in the defensive backfield besides Malik Dunlap. I thought he was him and Rabbit were probably like the two safest of the five, if you want to call them all DBs, including yeah. that star position. So that that's a little bit surprising. But again, I take it as a positive. I think it's more likely that Lux is making a big impression in limited time since his arrival than it is Malik Dunlap all of a sudden in year six forgot how to play corner. Yeah. Uh, And Braylon Luck's not a young guy either. He's a transfer in. So I think, I I think he's a senior. I think he has Uh, two years of eligibility left, but he might be with COVID. He might be classified as a senior. Gotcha. Yeah. The tech depth chart still does it that way. Uh, So all of the DB backups, I'm just going to read across the screen here. The star, Brendan Jordan, Joseph Plunk. Joseph Plunk, a Tascosa kid. Brendan Jordan, a true freshman. Jalen Peoples at corner behind Rashad Williams or Cameron Watts. Jalen Peoples, uh, the first recruit committed to Joey McGuire as a Texas Tech head coach, if you remember. Uh, Behind Rabbit, Chapman Lewis, another true freshman. Behind Tyler Owens, Joseph Plunk. And Jordan Sanford, another true freshman. And then behind Malik Dunlap and Braylon Lux, Marion Horn. A lot of youth and inexperience 
behind the starters there. A lot. But if you're trusting the recruiting staff, a lot of talent, just young talent, sophomore, redshirt, freshman, and freshman. Yeah. Uh, special teams, Austin McNamara, Gino Garcia, the kicker and punter, or punter and kicker, respectively. Jackson Knotts, the long snapper again. Uh, holder, Austin McNamara, kickoffs, Reese Burkhart. Kick returner, Jordan Brown, Xavier White, Miles Price, Neymar Martinez. Punt returner, Miles Price, Xavier White. I like all of that. So the major surprise, I guess, if you had any surprises, was Braylon Lux. Uh, but there's an or there. So pretty much what we thought going in is what's going to be on the field. And if you're talking about a position like wide receiver or corner, I'm sure all of those guys will be playing regardless of if they're starting or not. Yeah, I'm curious what the week one rotations look like. Just because I think on some of those some of those guys that are close, I think the starter might be playing with a short leash. Like if they're if the coaches got around a table and said, you know, hey, we're really not sure which guy deserves to start, but we're gonna give this guy the edge, but it's close. And he, you know, makes a mental mistake or commits a penalty or blows an assignment early. How quickly does the guy behind him come in and also playing at the highest altitude stadium in college football? I think you're gonna want to stay fresh. And so even some of those guys that maybe weren't close to supplanting the starter are going to be called on to play 10, 15, 25, 30% of the snaps, depending on, you know, personnel rotations and everything. So I don't know. Hopefully we get to see a lot of guys get some reps week one due to all that. And especially hopefully if you're up by a comfortable margin in the fourth quarter, you can get some guys some playing time. Um, But yeah, with Oregon waiting week two, you kind of want to, feel good about who you've got and feel good about the rotations early. It's not like you've got two or three FCS and group of five teams to work through before you get to big 12 play. I mean, you do have three games before big 12 play, but I think you want to obviously make a really good impression versus Oregon. So week one's going to mean a lot for those guys that are kind of on the fringe for starting or backup roles. Yeah. You'd, you'd love for your schedule to be, if you play an FCS, FCS group of five, power five. Uh, But the last two years you've played your, Power five game week two. Right? Or did you play Houston first last year? Yeah, Houston was first last year. It wasn't Houston, Texas back to back? No, it's Houston, then NC State, then Texas. So you did it right last year. Yeah. You certainly would love to do that every year where you get to kind of build up in progression, but it is what it is. And I think you have a tough group of five game this this year. I certainly think you can cover 14, but it's going to be a tough game in a tough environment. Um, We'll be there, though. We'll be there. Excited for that? Extremely. (laughs) Me too. I told you I felt like a high school girl going to prom, like thinking about outfits and everything. But when in Laramie, you know, you want to look the part. And so I'm trying to find like a a red pearl snap that's the right shade of scarlet or red. And I think you and I have got new custom cowboy hats that should be ready in time. So it's going to be, and we're meeting up with a bunch of friends, listeners, followers. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
kind of glazed by that, but uh, I think we could say it now. Should we wait till uh, we record again to shout out who's getting us uh, custom cowboy hats? Yeah, we can wait. Yeah, let's wait. Let's let's wait for the debut. Uh, we'll do some content with them as we uh, as we go along. Uh, do you know who else we love, Kyle? We love a lot of people, Rob. We love Rahino Barbecue. And uh, I saw a birthday post from our, our mutual here, New Slang, Thomas Mooney. Shout out, happy birthday, Thomas Mooney. Uh, but he went there for his birthday, and, and they gave him a feast. Okay? Two Texas Twinkies, some meats, some sides. Looked like some rice as a side, which uh, I haven't had yet, but I need to get down there and try their Spanish rice, Mexican rice. It looked good. Rice and beans on the plate. Uh, I'm not a big barbecue bean guy, but I do like Rajinos. Last year, I kind of mixed some Rajino leftovers with some Rosa's leftovers. And I put, can't remember if it was brisket or sausage, but leftovers from Rajino in a tortilla from Rosa's with some Spanish rice. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Now we're cooking. You can go to Rajino Barbecue seven days a week with the barbecue market open. Uh, they serve barbecue five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Rajino Barbecue there in Olton, Texas on 7th Street. If you've been before but you haven't been to the new place, instead of taking a right on 8th, it's a left on 7th. So there you go. If you're coming in from Lubbock, it's a, it's a left on 7th. And it's right there just about as close as it was before. And if you make a wrong turn, it's not like traffic no. is too difficult to navigate there in downtown Olton. So, no, but it's on 7th Street. so You'll get it figured out. Just start driving down uh, or just open your window and smell the barbecue. You'll get there. Let your nose guide you to Rajinio Barbecue. Uh, all right, Kyle, did you have some uh, FPI numbers for us? Yeah. Uh, can you pull up the K-Ford predicted spreads? If you search from his Twitter profile, search Texas Tech, it should be up there. What I wanted to do, obviously every week we're going to pick Texas Tech and the Big 12 games. But I wanted to look at sort of projected spreads as I stand today and almost treat it like a stock market. Like would you lock in that price today or do you want to wait it out and see a little bit closer to the game, knowing that it could – the point spread could increase, it could decrease or flip – and also just to give our listeners a perspective on uh, where each individual game stands in terms of if it was played today, what would the spread be? What's the likelihood that Texas Tech would win? I also saw other fan bases making this error, and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna caution about this every single year that we do this podcast. But if you look at FPI and your team has a 51% chance to win a game, that does not mean a 1-0 prediction. That means you have a 51% chance to win that one game. And there's a difference because they look at FPI and they go, oh, we're favored by FPI in nine games. FPI has us go in nine and three. And then you look a little bit closer and FPI actually has their projected record on there. It'll say like five and a half, six and a half wins. Something that is supposed to happen 51% of the time doesn't amount to one and oh. So think of it this way. If you have five games and you're a 60% favorite in all five, you're probably going to go three and two. That's what the most likely outcome is. If you've flipped a weighted coin, it was 60% heads, 40% tails. You're probably going three and two, but some fans look at that and they go, oh, we're projected to go five and oh. Right. 
no, you'll be favored in five games, but you're not projected to go five and zero. Oh. So anyway, little caveat there. All right, were you able to find it? I got it. So Wyoming, we already have a spread out for this one. It's fourteen, and FPI gives you an eighty-two percent chance to win. What does K Ford have it at? Eighty-two percent. Okay, so they're very simpatico. Does he have a point spread as well? Twelve and a half. Interesting. A little thinner than the Vegas odds. Yeah. Oregon, again, there's a kind of a look-ahead line. I'm curious to see how much this fluctuates after both teams play a game. Right now it's Oregon minus three. True coin flip. Oregon 51%, Texas Tech 49%. What does K4 have it at? 42% with a line at two and a half. That's another thing. Not all 8% increments are created equally. Like the difference between 90% and 98% is 8%, but like 49 versus 41 to me is kind of significant because like if you're going from a true coin flip to more of like a 60-40 kind of deal. Right. And in the long run, that's a much bigger difference. So uh, what did you say the spread was per K Ford? Two and a half. Okay. So right now, what would you what would kind of be the way you lean on that game and what do you think the spread will be after week one? Um I think the spread will stay where it is, but I, I have a hard lean to Texas Tech. I, I want to see them play. But if the defense plays really, really well, like if Wyoming doesn't score fourteen, I'm very high on Texas Tech. Like if it's if it's thirty eight fourteen, I think Texas Tech is a really good team. I said in the summer when it was four, I said, I don't think you're going to get, if you want to play the Texas Tech side of this, I don't think you're going to get more points. So lock it in now was my two cents, which is probably not worth much. It's three today. If you struggle with Wyoming, maybe it goes back to four, four and a half. But I, I actually think even if the market doesn't open – like I guess I'll kind of spoil part of my picks for Wednesday's episode. I think that you'll cover the 14. I think you'll look really good in Laramie. I think it'll be less than three. I almost wonder if after the public kind of picks it over a little bit and home field advantage, all that, I wonder if this doesn't close as like a true pick them or very close to it, like one point. Yeah, with Oregon so, paying Portland State. Yeah. Like, I don't think their value, even if they won that game 70 to zero, I don't think their value changes much. But if you, as a 14 point favorite, win by 31, I think your value changes quite a bit. So I don't know. I'm sticking with what I thought earlier in the summer, which has partly come true that if you wanted to play the Texas Tech side, play it early. I don't think you'll be a full three point dog by kickoff. Tarleton State. 99% 99% on FPI. I'm guessing K Ford has it. 99. Yeah. 37 and a half. I was going to guess 38 ish. By the way, on You're FPI. You're sharp, Kyle. Yeah. On FPI point spreads, some of this requires some guesstimating. My, my rule of thumb is always 75% odds to win the game is usually about a touchdown, 85% is usually about two touchdowns. And so. K Ford has published spreads and mine are just sort of guesstimating. So 
At West Virginia, Texas Tech, 66% chance to win. I would guess that would translate to about five. You'd be favored by five. 66% on K Ford, five and a half. Okay. What do you think about that price right now versus thinking a month in advance what it might be? I would love to see West Virginia versus Penn State and Pitt. If they win one of those, I think that line is pretty good. If they lose both of those big, you might be closer to 10. Not all the way to 10, but closer to 10 than 5. Yeah, and same with your game against Oregon. Like Those are three really strong data points yeah. for both of these teams. Like Let's say you beat Oregon by 10. Like, you can't beat West Virginia by 10, even on the road. Right. If West Virginia's already lost by 17 to Pitt and, Pitt, Pitt and Penn State. But at the same time, I don't know why I remember this so vividly. West Virginia tied for last in the Big 12 last year. When they hosted TCU, who by that point I think was already – Five and zero, six and zero, seven and zero, maybe eight and zero. Um, it was still less than a touchdown in Morgantown. Morgantown so, does get a lot of respect. Part of me thinks, like almost no matter what happens, I don't think you'll be better than a seven, seven and a half point favorite, even like best case scenario. That that might be true. So I don't know. I I think that one will stay about the same, given the somewhat likely parameters of, of their two games against Pitt and Penn State and yours against Oregon, but we'll see. Houston at home, 78% on FPI. I would guess that translates to seven and a half or eight. 78% here on K Ford, but 11 point spread versus Houston. See, that's hefty. If any book gave me 11 today, I'd probably do Houston plus 11. Yeah. That's a big number. That's the biggest number on the board in your favor. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, Wyoming. 75% usually translates to about a touchdown. 78 is close enough. I mean, maybe seven and a half or eight, but 11 is – that's a lot. I I don't think you'll be that big of a favorite against Houston when that game gets here. Would love to be wrong, of course. Next you go to Waco. This one, I think, has moved a little bit. Um, Texas Tech, 48.3%. So, again, we're dealing with pretty much a true coin flip here, like the Oregon game. Difference, of course, being this one on the road, I would imagine Baylor minus one. 46% on K Ford, one and a half for Baylor. What do you think about that one? Would you want to lock that in right now? Texas Tech plus money? Oh, yeah. One and I think half. I would too. Bigger. Yeah. I, I think I would too. Um, I've I've had this game on sort of like flip watch that you wouldn't be favored in it if it were played today, but by the time October seventh gets here, I think you might be. Next up, Kansas State in Lubbock. Yeah. I, I swear I looked at FPI earlier in the offseason and it was not as high on you. Maybe I'm misremembering. This has it Texas Tech 59, Kansas State 41. So that would probably be, I don't know, three-point favorites in Lubbock. Uh, Kansas State 54% in 
in text favor, one and a half point uh, spread. But he has Kansas State as a 54% favorite to win? Uh, Kansas State will be Texas Tech minus one and a half. Sorry. But the, but he's giving Kansas State a 54% chance to win, even though they're the underdog? No, Tech Tech is 54% chance. Okay. Yeah. That one's close. What do you think about that one? Um, I think both those teams could be undefeated at the time. In Lubbock, how much respect are you giving to Lubbock? The Jones. Um, I I would wait on that one just because if you're both undefeated and you're at home, you might get like a two or three, but I think that's gonna go off as really close to a pick'em. I think you'll be favored, but you can't really get much more favored or closer to a pick'em than one and a half. I mean, if, if you have a dream scenario here and you're one, two, three, four, five, six, and oh, you're top 15 because you're close to ranked now. Like, is it going to be Kansas State, even if they're un, undefeated as well? They're not going to come in as a favorite in the Big 12, I don't think. No, I wouldn't think so. So, yeah, I'd probably lock in one and a half. Next up on the road in Provo. 70-30 in Texas Tech's favor. Um, imagine this translates to about five again. Five-point favorite on the road. Uh, 67% chance here. A six-point line. And I would wait on this one. I just have no idea about BYU. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to close a lot closer I don't know. I, th- I think they're tough to beat at home. I wonder how often they've had to lay five at home in the past three or four years. I bet it's rare. Yeah. And I know they're like making the step up to the power five, but they weren't some just like decrepit program before that. Like they've got roster talent. They've got coaches that have coached against five or six power five teams most seasons. So I don't know. I would, I don't think you'll get BYU plus five later on if you wanted to play that side of it. So if you're playing BYU, lock it in now. But if you're playing Texas Tech, wait. Yeah, if you can get a line. Next up, you host TCU on a Thursday night in Lubbock. 55% per FPI. Maybe a two-point favorite is what that would translate to. 52% here, and it's minus one via K-Ford. I don't know what to make of this one either. I just, I can't decide what I think about TCU. One day I think they're going to be good. One day I think they're going to be terrible. So I, I have no idea. They're probably my most undecided team, TCU. On a Thursday night as well. I'm with you. I I can see a path for both. Like, if they go 6-6, six and six, I could probably tell you a very feasible reason why that happened. And if they win 10 games again... I can make the case for why that's also likely. Yeah. But if we're having the kind of season that we think Tech will have at home, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think this one is probably priced pretty well and might not change that much. So I, I don't feel strongly about that's going to move one way or the other. This one's going to be interesting. Next you go to Lawrence. 
73% chance to win per FPI. I'm guessing this makes you about a five and a half or six point favorite on the road. 66% chance to win here with a five and a half point spread in Texas Tech's favor. Same kind of logic as BYU. That's just a lot of respect on the road against a team that can score. I imagine this one will close a little bit tighter. I think you'll beat Kansas by more than a touchdown, though. Just me. Next is UCF in Lubbock. FPI says 68% chance to win for Texas Tech. Would guess that's about four and a half. 63% here and four and a half via K4. I think UCF is going to be pretty good this year. I think they're going to be a tough out at home with that travel. If you're having a good season, I think it might be closer to about six. It's not a huge difference, but I lean toward this closing as Texas Tech being a bigger favorite than they are today. Yeah, I I agree with that. And then the last one. In Austin, it gives you just a 22% chance to win the game on FPI, 78% chance for Texas to win, thinking probably 7.5 in Texas's favor. But there's a look-ahead line that has Texas priced at 14, 14 14-point favorites. That tells me take the 14 now, the plus 14, it's hard for me to imagine, even if Texas is really good, that you're going to be some like 17-and-a-half-point dog yeah. in that game if you're any good. It's I know 19, it's on the road, but still. 19%, 12-and-a-half here, and I same thing. I would lock it in. Anything over 10, right? Probably. So anyway, that's your... FPI game by game. Let me throw a couple tidbits out there of the Big 12 as a whole. Oh, except my phone doesn't want to load. Hang on. Uh oh. I'll catch up with some comments while you're loading. Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, David Yost has been running a sideline pass offense for 10 years straight. Amazing. I can't believe they only threw it 14 times. I wish I could have seen that game. Uh, thoughts on Big 12 member ASU self-imposed bowl ban? They, will they be a doormat? We'll save that for the mailbag. Uh, I thought they already said Brady Boyd was redshirting. Brady Boyd and Joseph Adatore both on the two deep. Both said they would like to be able to redshirt them, but that was not a sure thing. Just tell me when you're ready, Kyle. Uh, very surprised not to see Ty Kana on the linebacker depth chart. Should get a lot of run on special teams. Joey is very, very high on people who play special teams. He talked about that in the video today of the depth chart release, that you're not going to play in the NFL if you don't play on special teams. So I think a lot of these young guys are going to be high, high, high special teams guys. There's a question in the mailbag of who is a really off-the-radar guy you could talk about. Uh, This is not my guy I'm going to talk about later in the mailbag, but Trent Lowe. They had like six highlights of Trent Lowe in the second scrimmage footage 
on this week's The Brand. So, hey, give me Trent Lowe as one of a, one of the underrated guys that might be able going around making tackles in the linebacker unit. I think ESPN's having an issue with their FPI webpage. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, what I was going to talk about was some of the schedule differences, and you have some schedule bad luck because Iowa State and Cincinnati are among the two worst two worst teams in the Big 12 per FPI. You don't get either one of them. You get some scheduling luck, though. Like BYU is also pretty low on FPI, and that's one of your road games. So a little bit more manageable of a road game, at least according to FPI. Um, you don't have to play OU. FPI is high on OU. Uh, but, yeah, I think they had you pretty close with, like, TCU and Baylor. Like, all three of those teams were grouped really close together. So, anyway, just one data point. I don't know if people enjoy that kind of thing or if they think it's stupid. But You're a big FPI guy. I like looking at it. I don't think they're always right. Uh, Mario says Kyle is 100% wearing a Patagonia vest. You a Patagonia vest guy? No, but what's the deal with my microphone? Does it sound different than usual? No, I don't think so. I think people just like the headset mic. Hmm. Are you plugged in? Are you just onto your? Are you on the laptop? Maybe. I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't see any problem with it. Uh, I need you guys to vlog Laramie. We have a plan to. I don't really know what's going to happen there. We might have a videographer. We'll have to see what happens. We kind of made some big plans and then did never talk about it again. Uh, Kyle needs the Britney Spears headset. Yeah, are we going to have somebody doing? videography allegedly yeah okay we need to we'll talk about that off air we we have a tendency to plan things on air this should be off air discussions mario says you sound good kyle so i'll i'll take that you know what should be an on-air discussion rob our friends over at reckham outdoor you know i was thinking you were going to say that i wish i had a big fish picture to show everyone on the instagram reckham outdoors i could just go for hours looking at these fish at Reckham Outdoors. You can also go to RecomOutdoors.com to see more. If you want to wade into legendary Baffin Bay, Reckham Outdoors is your kind of people. Uh, Captain Preston Long, while it's all West Texas, the coast, the gulf of West Texas over there at Baffin Bay, he can get you hooked up. If uh, fishing is your thing, wade fishing. You're not out deep sea diving. You're out wade fishing in the gulf of Baffin Bay. It's going to be a beautiful scenery. You can see that on the videos, the pictures they put up at Reckham Outdoors. Go follow them online, Instagram, Reckham Outdoors, or on their website, ReckhamOutdoors.com. Get you set up for a fishing trip in legendary Baffin Bay. A couple other programming notes. Gaucho's After Dark will be back on Saturday. Recapping that weekend of college football across the Big 12. So we'll be up to three episodes per week. We've got Gauchos After Dark every Saturday night. We'll do the Texas Tech recap Sunday, and then our opponent preview and picks every Wednesday. Go ahead. Programming note, this weekend's Sunday episode will be on Monday night, I believe, with travel. Oh, who's traveling? Well, we'll be traveling back from Laramie. You want to think we'll get home in time? I'll be home in time. Okay. 
Or we can record Sunday night. It's on you. <laughs> All right. We, we don't have work the next day. It's Labor Day. Sure. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was Labor Day. Fair enough. We don't have work. Um, But we, hey, so that is another thing, though. Don't just skip past this. Okay, this is not an ad read. But our Patreon community, we have stuff behind a paywall on Patreon, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. That's, that's only part of the perk. It's $5 a month. But we're also going to do, maybe I should have planned this offline, Rob. Uh, what day do you want to do the live party pod for our parlay picadors? Is that going to be weekly? No, not necessarily. But like yeah, we I, want to do it before uh, kickoff, so like Monday, Tuesday. I think a good Tuesday night parlay picador party pod would be good. Okay, we'll do that. That's open discussion kind of format, kind of like a Twitter spaces. But it's for our Patreon subscribers only. And here's the real big perk that we've added this season. We're giving away two tickets to the Oregon game in Lubbock and two tickets to every home game after that. So every single away game, like Wyoming, we're going to have a contest where everybody predicts a score. Closest one wins the two tickets for Oregon. So if you're not in already, get in before kickoff on Saturday, predict the final score of the Wyoming game, and you'll be entered for a chance to win two tickets to the Oregon game. And again, we'll do it every subsequent, I guess not every away game, but every game before a home game. So the Oregon game is for tickets to Tarleton, so on and so forth. Patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Can't wait. Can't wait for all of it. And you get in the Discord. Yes, that's and a lot of fun. People are saying it's the most fun Texas Tech Discord channel of all time. That's true. And I rarely highlight individual people that you would get to meet in there because there's so many of them. We've got funny people, we've got wise people, we've got smart people, a couple and- dumb people. Well, he included, but just recently we have Kyle 2.0. Yeah. And new Kyle is, he's stealing the show. He's like, he's got good food picks. That he's got, delicious. He's, he's got good takes about the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. A couple zingers. I think he had a meme in there. He slow poked me with his second post ever. That's legendary stuff. That might never happen again. So you get to meet characters like new Kyle and, you know, we've also never had somebody win Picador of the week in their first week, but he's, he's got to be the front runner right now. He's on track. He is on track. I don't know how anybody can top him at this point. Uh, Tyler says the discord group is lit, not mid at all. It could be a brutal for a newcomer. He's, he's new as well. Came in this week. It can be a lot, but once you figure out what each channel is for and what the inside jokes are, then it's a lot of fun. We're also about to cut about three channels, I think. With the the season coming up, we can cut some off-season channels. Every now and then you get an insider tidbit. We don't pretend to be insiders. But if you wanted... What? What? (laughs) But if you wanted maybe a little nugget on the... Maybe upcoming apparel deal. That's in there. Um. Yeah, anyway, there's st- stuff like that every now and then. We, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we've got scoop all the time, but every now and then we get a nugget. All right. Uh, what else do we have today? 
Let me see. We did week zero. We did the death chart. We did the K Ford. We did the FBI. We were going to talk uh, Discord deal. We did that. Mario wants us to leave Sporps out of this. We can. I would leave it out of everything if I could. I've never vlogged anything. Vlogging is a big deal, right? Isn't that a big deal on YouTube? It yeah, I feel like if you bad. if you're good at it, you can uh, you can make some money vlogging. We'll try to vlog for the people. Oh, our, our season props. Oh yeah, it's prop day. Do you want to do Did that they... in the mailbag? Because there are a lot of props that people dropped in the mailbag. Sure. You do it as part of the mailbag. Yeah, that's all I've got. I, I want to run through the. Yeah, I'll just save it for Wednesday. We'll do the picks Wednesday. Picks for uh, the season? No, I was going to do opening lines, but they've been open for months, and so we'll just oh, go I got on Wednesday. You. Okay. Tosh time, that's big for your brand. Yeah, they, you know, we asked uh, Trey Wolf why did they, why they didn't say Tosh time instead of Brooks time, and I think we kind of blew his mind that they just hadn't thought of that before. And now I've been seeing some Tosh time out of the Texas Tech camp, so maybe Trey Wolf did us a solid and asked Taj why it wasn't Taj time and not Brooks time. Alliteration is key for me. Did you see that Texas is playing clips from a Texas Tech kickoff luncheon in August to get hyped for the season and then claiming that we're not their Super Bowl? Yes. Like, the, 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 they respond with the use of like, all-time record. I'm like, I know. And that's why it's weird that you're playing clips of Texas Tech. Like, you're right. You have the all-time record. You should. Yeah. We shouldn't be on your radar in August. But I'm bothered. We should not be on your radar in August. But clearly, we are. So, like, I agree with you. It's weird. But you're all the ones doing it. So, go. You know, ask Del Conte or Sarkeesian about it. I'm. I'm just responding to the news here. And you know, when he played that clip, you know, these people think of you as their Super Bowl. They're talking about you three months away. It's the Big Twelve president said it. Oh man. It's just, it's hilarious to me. So, I mean, Super Bowl gets thrown around a lot. But if you're doing a game day atmosphere type thing to get ready for the season, you're doing a scrimmage, and you're trying to go through the process of going into a game for your scrimmage, and you play a clip from a game that's three months away, the, the literal end of the season, that's the definition of rent-free to me. Yeah, and by the way, shout out to Joe Cook for – he kind of hypothesized that the rivalry ticked up a notch or two with the whole Chris Beard thing, and I, I agree with that. Um, but he was like – and it's it's two-sided. Like, it's going both directions here. And for the longest time, Texas fans wouldn't even admit that. And, yeah, Super Bowl gets thrown around a lot. It's usually just cope right after the loss. Like, oh, well, yeah, like we got your best shot and we lost, whatever. But, but there's some legitimate instances of, like, Goodbye to Orange and White is in A&M's fight song. That's rent-free. That's Texas being their Super Bowl. Yeah. If that was in our fight song, I would be, like, yelling from the mountaintops. Put some, But Scarlet and Black are the colors mentioned in our fight song, not Orange and White. But to play a video of a team that you play in three months, is that's rent-free. That's Super Bowl. And I know that you'll have the all-time record. Like I said, that's why it's strange that you're playing that one and not OU or Alabama. Like, 
You'll have big games. You'll have bigger rivals than Texas Tech. But we're clearly the ones y'all are thinking about in August as campus finishing up. So you tell me why that is. I want to I wanna know if it was a package, like a slickly produced package of media heads saying Texas is overrated again, they're always overrated kind of stuff, and then they ended with the scene from Brett Yormark, or if it was it was literally just the clip from Brett Yormark and maybe a Joey comment or two. That would be a big difference to me. Regardless, though, it was played according to this message board poster. Well, and if you're gonna if you're gonna play a clip from Lubbock that's supposed to piss off Texas players, that's the commissioner again making some tongue in cheek, like, "Hey, Joey, go get them on Thanksgiving." Yeah. That wouldn't. I know why it upset the fans because they went all tinfoil hat with it. But play the one of Joey saying, "I told you they were gonna break, and they did." Yeah, that's the one that would piss me off as a player, saying like, "Okay, yeah, we might have lost a game, but it's not because, not because we broke, not because we're not tough enough." Especially like at the end of camp, everybody's tired, everybody's sore. Like I would use that clip to say, "We didn't break in camp, right? Like we're gonna go win on Saturday." So they're not even playing the right clip from Lubbock that's supposed to piss them off. So anyway, I, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, all right, you ready for mailbag? Yes. The who who sponsors the mailbag? Barnett, Howard, and Williams. But also, Gotcha's After Dark starts this week, so we need a new mailbag sponsor. If you want to sponsor the mailbag, hit us up in the DMs and the Big Twelve Hotline. You've got mail. Mail time. I found these in my mailbag. Well, it's time to reach into the old mailbag here. Enjoy reading the fan mail. Don't read it all at once. Any mail for me? You don't have a tic-tac, do you? Did I get any mail? No. Why not, honey? Quick, Kyle was falling asleep over there during the mailbag uh, drop. It's growing on me. We do have two hotline calls. They're both questions. Let's get those out of the way first. This is the Big 12 hotline. If you want to call the Big 12 hotline, you can as soon as I remember the number. What's the first three digits? 806. The second three digits. <laughs> Don't sound exasperated with me like I didn't answer the question that you asked. 806. It's 806-553-6171. Yes, sir. I just couldn't remember the 553. I will remember it now. It's locked in. I say that every week, but this time it really is. All right, we got two questions from the mailbag. They're short and sweet. Let's play them. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller, no silly voices or nothing, just one question. I was wondering who you guys thought, former Tech quarterback, now Big 12 quarterback, Donovan Smith or uh, Alan Bowman would do better this year. Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. Easy answer. Easy answer. One of them is the starting quarterback out of camp. One of them has their head coach saying that multiple quarterbacks are going to play. That's always a bad sign. And that multiple quarterbacks are going to play kind of indefinitely, like as far as we can see out. So that tells me Alan Bowman didn't even win the job against two guys that didn't look that good last year, didn't think he was that good coming in. Give me Donovan. All right, second question. Uh, I, I noticed that he said no silly voices. 
Uh, you kind of hammered the Foghorn Leghorn guys uh, last week. Like I didn't hammer them. Sanders. I didn't hammer anybody. I just said it wasn't a prerequisite. You don't have to call in and I say, I say, do I Colonel like Sanders or Foghorn Leghorn on us. I kind of like it. Boy, I'm cutting, but you ain't bleeding. <laughs> Week zero right now. I'm watching this uh, New Mexico State UMass game. The, the watching this game is like trying to give a starving man a shot glass full of water. Like it just it just pisses him off. Uh, that's what's going through my mind right now watching this game. Uh, quick question though: Week one at Wyoming, we're focused. Are we going red polo, black polo, or white polo for week one? Let me know. Appreciate you, boys. I think Joey's wear red, huh? Wear red. I don't care if it's a polo, a pearl snap, a jacket, or a sunburn, but wear red. That's good. As for me and my house, we will be wearing custom black felt cowboy hats, red pearl snap, denim jacket, jeans, Black gator skin boots. So it's on. I ordered a denim shirt, but I don't think it's going to get here in time. So I'm going to have to figure out what to wear. Are you driving my hat up to Laramie? Yes. Okay. I will have your hat in tow. I hope it fits. Me too. Got the hat size, so. We should have had you uh, scan in a paper of your head size that's what he did for me he drew he drew a circle around my head it's a very professional process anyways uh has an update come on the old double t scoreboard if you could where would you put it for the incoming travelers i kind of want it at the baseball stadium but if not there I don't know. I mean, Tech doesn't own the airport, so you can't put it there unless you gave it away. Right, to the city. But then it'd, it'd be like, you know, well, we're also home to Lubbock Christian and yeah. Wayland. And it would also get that. defaced. You think so? Oh, yeah. It'd be spray-painted the hell. I don't know. Can you put it in like a museum? How big is it? That's my question. I think like it's, it doesn't look that big. I think it's pretty huge. Yeah. So what museum are we putting it in? I don't know. The Texas Tech Museum. Right. But inside? How are we getting I mean, They've got dinosaurs in there. They can figure it out. We're home to one of the best engineering colleges in the country. Figure it out, guys. Oh, okay. I mean, we, we put a man on the moon. We can put a scoreboard in a museum. They build them inside, but it's okay. Uh, what is your favorite bread product of all time? Can I get that pronunciation of product again? <laughs> product. I don't know how I said it. My favorite bread product of all time? That's what it says. Probably meal prepped toast. Yeah, that or tortillas. Uh, is Tech going to sell out Jerry World in December? Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, it's the first week of class for many college students. If you could, what could you tell your younger self prior to your first day of college? What would I tell myself prior to my first day of college? 
I was only 18. And so probably still struggled with, you know, lack of confidence in my identity as a person. And so I'll just tell somebody, be yourself. You know, you'll find your way in the world. You'll, f- you'll find your way in terms of who you are as a person when the time is right. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to pretend to be somebody you're not. And maybe it wouldn't kill you to study like 30 minutes every night. Um, something I didn't learn until grad school that was helpful on the academic side. I, um, you know, I took good notes in class, but it was hard for me to make myself like sit down and study them. And I swear I didn't do this till my last semester of grad school. I should have done it even going back to like high school, but I would record myself on my phone, reading the pages of notes and, you know, the terms and definitions, the key dates, the key people, all that stuff. And I would just play it on a loop. So like if I was driving home to Austin, I would listen to it for five and a half hours. I would sit there and play Xbox, which is not studying, but I was listening to that in the background and it worked like I knew this stuff. So that's, that would be my, that doesn't really work for like math and stuff, but if you're doing like history or political science and stuff, it's just a lot of notes, just read them to yourself. And then instead of listening to podcasts besides the gambling gauchos or listening to music, or even while you're playing video games or something, just listen to yourself reading your notes. If I could talk to my younger self, I would say go to class. Pretty simple. Just go to class, man. You'll you'll do fine. Just go to class. Uh, on a scale, <laughs> yes. This Good comment, yeah. As a graduate of the Texas Tech Museum program, there's no way the double T scoreboard will fit inside. A lot of people said it was crazy to put a man on the moon. You know. I'm too scared to read that question. I'm going to pass it. Uh, what sub FPS schools in Texas, if any, do you have a soft spot for? Sub FBS. Angelo State, for sure. Sure. Midwestern State. I like uh, Coach Carthel, but I, I don't necessarily like SFA. But I would say his teams have a soft spot for. Just because he's from Florida? Yeah. I just like his vibe. He's a big vibes guy. Uh, going back a few podcasts, you promised anyone from Orlando, a UCF fan, a free Rahino. Uh We have a Discord Picador that is living in Orlando. Would you buy her Rahino if she came down to love it? Yeah. For the game. Absolutely. If you could guarantee a football national championship this year, but the Gauchos had to disband, would you hang up the headset for good? <laughs> yeah. Yes, in a heartbeat. The Gauchos, the Gauchos would die for that. No offense. No offense taken. Uh, would you consider taking prescribed pharmaceuticals orally via treats? Say ice cream. I did not read that beforehand. I, I probably wouldn't have read that one. I don't know the point of it. I could take a pill like a champ. Uh, don't need don't need a sweet treat. Is this like for dogs? I, dogs? I don't take I don't take pharmaceuticals. Not even like Tylenol. It's not a pharmaceutical. What is it? It's over the counter. 
Oh, prescribed. Prescribed pharmaceutical. My sister could not take pills when she was younger, and they would uh, break them open and crush them up and put them in stuff. But I refuse I, to do it. I will not. I, will I could not take a. It. I could take a. I do wish they would. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll say it because I I say some semi political stuff, and it sometimes only goes to one side. So I'll, they should just legalize marijuana. Because I was going to say like. Even if it's painkillers or whatever, they used to just get you really drunk. If you can drink and smoke marijuana, to me, that's better than some of the stuff they're giving people. Now, of course, like in moderation, responsibly. Sure. But I don't know. Some of the some of the pharmaceuticals they prescribe, they seem like insanely addicting with a lot of side effects. I would I would avoid that at all costs if, if I could. Fair enough. What is your favorite ice cream related product? Um, just like a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, me too. I or uh, um, what are the cones? The, the uh, an ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> There's a name for them. <laughs> they're covered in chocolate. They're like uh, dipped in chocolate with the peanuts on the top. Oh, the drumstick. Drumsticks. Yeah, I think a drumstick. The ice cream cone. Yeah. With the chocolate at the bottom of the cone, like a little treat. Yeah, those are good. Um, let's see. Start bench cut these quarterbacks in Big Twelve SEC classics. Graham Harrell versus Oklahoma in two thousand seven. Patrick Mahomes versus Arkansas or Cliff Kingsbury versus Texas in two thousand two. Start Pat bench Graham cut Cliff. Cut Cliff. Like David Cutcliffe, former Duke head coach. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what is the best product you've bought for yourself that's less than a hundred dollars? Um, let's see. Bought an air fryer on sale for like eighty bucks. I'm trying to think of that price point. I don't use a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't use a microwave. I just air fry everything. Probably $99 worth of real estate. Or product. Yes, it is in the technical sense. You don't have any gadgets or gizmos you want to talk about? I'm not super great with technology, so I can't think of anything that I bought that was like, oh, my life is way better now. Uh, under, over... We already asked that. And I, he said he didn't hear it answered. I made fun of you the first time you said it, too. So if you know who you are, you are. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember that comment. I was like, we literally yeah. talked about that on the podcast. Yeah. They, they, a lot of people slow poked him. Uh, if we had given the construction crew unlimited monsters, nicotine, and go-go sugar, would they have finished the construction this summer? No. It seemed like they were working overtime anyways, or at least through the night. I think we're in a good spot for the start of the season. I mean, look at Vanderbilt and how much better you are. And those are supposed to be the smart people, right? Yeah, they had cranes holding the scoreboard during inclement weather. That seemed really dangerous, by the way. Yeah, It was moving quite a bit. <laughs> Would you let some weird aliens kidnap Godzilla <laughs> – Godzilla and Rodan 
to defeat King Ghidorah in exchange for a drug that cures cancer. Follow up. What if the Zillions actually betrayed you and released the monsters on Earth? So no cancer, but Godzilla's running free. Um, <laughs> I I want to think that we're like pretty close to some breakthroughs at, at least with most types of cancer. But Godzilla could just wipe out entire cities overnight. Yeah. And you know, hopefully let's say with like cancer, even if there's no cure for it, we have better screening processes, you can find it earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna think that as a society, our ceiling is higher if we don't allow Godzilla and we try our best to keep working toward a cure for cancer. You're going to trust the process. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I guess put another way. I think we're closer to beating cancer than we would be to beating Godzilla. Should he show up tomorrow? A uh, big hand places. I'm not worried about Godzilla coming to Lubbock. That's fair. I mean, if you're in New York or San Francisco, depending on the movie, LA, he comes out of the ocean, right? Right. He comes out of the ocean. So see you in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. So put all the cancer centers in the middle of the country and call it good. Start bench process, cut these pub games. It's a bar, you commie. Uh, darts, pool, cornhole, trivia. Trivia is a high ceiling, low floor game. Yeah. I'll start pool because it's a classic. Darts kind of sucks. I'll cut darts. Um, <laughs> Godzilla would love Rihino. Um... Starting pool, cutting darts. I'll bench trivia, process cornhole. I'm exactly on there with you. Uh, you asked about toll roads. Do you really want your thoughts on toll roads, or was that just a joke? I want your thoughts on toll roads. I've I've given mine in the Discord. You can you can pay five dollars a month if you'd like to read more on that. Just search toll roads. <laughs> uh, I have zero thoughts on toll roads. I don't. I don't drive enough on toll roads to, I mean, Lubbock doesn't have a toll road. So I don't, I don't really know the system enough to comment on it. I do know that if I had to drive in Dallas traffic a lot, or if I was driving 30 minutes to work every day and there was a toll road option, I would probably pay for it. If you had a sign a lifetime deal with one condiment and brand specific, what would it be? I would go mustard because of the um, varieties of mustard. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a diverse hot sauce, like a Louisiana hot sauce. Yeah. Frank's Red Hot. Stuff. Yeah. A bunch of different flavors. Steven Steven says Whataburger spicy ketchup. I just, I don't think I'd eat ketchup enough to, like, I wouldn't be putting, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. I'm not putting ketchup on everything. I'm not putting yeah, ketchups I mean, on my uh, mac and cheese. Yeah, I don't like ketchup. Word to read. At all? 
Word to read. Thoughts on grown men regularly wearing cologne? Yeah, this actually came up in the office a couple weeks ago. Somebody was like, hey, what, what cologne do you wear? And I was like, I don't. Because um, they were talking about like perfume and cologne. and They seem like surprised that I don't wear cologne. Um, but I never have. And so I, I'm not opposed to it as long as you don't overdo it. You know, there's like some people that, in my opinion, you can smell them from a little bit too far away. Yeah. So it's got to be done in moderation. But yeah, I'm not a big cologne guy. Kyle smells like success, Big Hen says. I don't know what this is from, but... Your eye just twitch. <laughs> I went to school with a guy that... I don't know why this was so funny, but he would just, he would go, it's probably my cologne. He would just say that over and over. It's probably my cologne. Like, I'm sure it's a quote from a movie or a TV show or something, but yeah, I thought it was hilarious at the time. If anybody knows what that's from, it's like a flashback when we started talking cologne in the office. Yeah. Axe body spray. We got a comment about that. That was a staple in like seventh grade when the basketball coaches didn't give you enough time to shower. So you just douse yourself in Axe instead which is not a not a suitable replacement no uh what event in your life has given you the biggest adrenaline rush you know i'm not a thrill seeker per se i would have to do some it's probably a near-death experience i was gonna say i think now that you've mentioned that probably like narrowly avoiding car accidents yeah is if you've ever been in like an actual really close car like a a deer ran out right in front of us one time going 75 that's like a pretty insane amount of adrenaline we were on the freeway in denver colorado and an air conditioner unit fell out of the truck in front of us we had a zip past it in a conversion van no less Glad I wasn't driving. I was in the front seat, though. Pretty big adrenaline rush. Uh, does WT have the best roster of pro wrestlers? If I listed all 10 of these, how many do you think you would know? Pro wrestlers. Over under four and a half. All right. Dory Funk Jr. Nope. Stan Hansen. Nope. The man Stan Hansen. Uh, Terry Funk. Nope. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. No. You never heard of Dusty Rhodes? I'm the son of a plumber. No? The only Dusty Rhodes I'm familiar with are in the unincorporated areas of Lubbock okay. County. All right. All right. Uh, Bobby Duncan Sr. No, and I apparently overestimated myself here. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. No. No? The Million Dollar Hold? Dude, I know like The Rock, The Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll skip ahead. Uh, Tully Blanchard would be the other one that you might know. No. Four Horsemen? No? Okay. Uh, Do donuts work when turning in an expense report when you are stupid? What? (laughs) Do donuts work... When turning in an expense report, when you were, were stupid, like if you have a if you have some bad items on your expense report, are they asking if you can successfully bribe your way out of discipline with donuts? 
Okay, that makes sense. No, donuts is what you do when you're like 10 minutes late. Not, oops, I spent over budget on tequila shots on, on my latest expense report. In my opinion. Fair, yeah. Uh, by which season... Uh, I can't read. By which week of the season will we know what kind of season floor ceiling tech will have? Oregon. Oregon, number two. I don't know if you'll know the floor after Oregon. But I think that that is a game, the early game, that will give you the most clarity. The ceiling is the roof. What's your opinion of sugar-free products? Somebody's just giving you a layup here. Same deal. I'm anti-sugar-free, and I, I feel like I'm going crazy because 20 years ago, I thought we all knew that Diet Coke and aspartame was cancer-causing. And then I just read last week that like new studies suggest aspartame might cause cancer. I was like, yeah, I thought we already knew this. Sugar is natural. It comes from the earth. Just take the sugar. Don't do aspartame or all these other artificial sweeteners, in my opinion. It's way healthier for you to just eat the sugar. Who is the most under-the-radar player on Tech's roster that might have a breakout season? You ready? Yeah. Blake Burris. Defensive tackle. In order to break out, I feel like you would need sufficient opportunity. Does Cameron Valdez count? Yeah, I would I would say so, yes. He's not a starter, but I think we all know he's talented and there's some buzz around. So I don't know if he's under the radar. Yeah. But I, I think he could be more than just sort of like a complimentary piece to Taj. I think they might finish more like one and one A. And if we have a good ground game, he's the more explosive big play kind of guy of the two. And so I think we might look back on his season very fondly. Yeah, I went way under the radar, not even on the two deep. Yeah, the other one I would have, I guess, would be that I should know his name. Is it his first name or last name is Wesley, the linebacker from Midland? Smith? Yeah. Again, we alluded to that position doesn't have a ton of depth. He's just sort of a freak of nature athletically. And so whether he gets in rotation snaps there or subs in for injury, I think he might be a breakout candidate at middle linebacker. Which game will Texas fumble to eliminate them from playoff contention, and why is it Kansas? That would be fun. This is from Kyle, by the way. If they don't win in Tuscaloosa, they'll be on really thin ice. It's just almost impossible to get in as a two-loss team. I don't know if anybody's gotten in as a two-loss team. Um, so anyway, um, but I did see the the head of on three. Did you see this prediction that Texas was going to win by double digits in Tuscaloosa? Oh, Shannon said that? I think so. That's his name? Which if they do that, yeah, holy cow, look out. That would be awesome. And hilarious in a lot of ways because it would set them up for failure in the Big 12. Yeah, it'd be funny if they won in Tuscaloosa and then lost two Big 12 games and missed the playoff. Yeah. Uh, And the the hype would just be unreal. They would go to number one, right? You know who they talked to first after beating Alabama? Texas Tech fans. We're coming. We're coming. 
You know, they'd be in our mentions. They would like, be in the couches mentions after they beat Alabama. They'll be like, we've got it circled on our calendar. I'm like, yeah, I know, because we're your Super Bowl. Dog. No, we don't even care about you. It's not a rivalry. It's like, well, then why are you in our mentions? Is the hair raid in trouble after managing only four yards passing and an interception on 14 attempts in Ruston? Yes. I think we're past, quote-unquote, trouble. He's going to be shopping in a Costco near you very soon. Uh, how do you feel about Kurt Busch retiring? I don't really. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan, not a hater. He hasn't been a huge factor in the series for a while, so good luck in retirement. Start bench cut for Kyle. New Kyle, old Kyle, Kyle Busch. Starting new Kyle, benching myself, cutting Kyle Busch. Not a huge fan. Do you think fudge round sales have increased or decreased in the past two weeks? I guess increased. I mean, that's a lot of free advertising. That's a lot of visibility that you can't really even pay for with. I've never had a fudge round. Me neither. Had a lot of oatmeal cream pies, but uh, never had a fudge round. But I'm not five foot three and three hundred pounds. Is let's see, you know, if people don't know that song, <laughs> probably just think you make fun of me. It's like the number one song in the world right now. So I know it'd be funny if I got canceled because people didn't yeah. understand a pop culture reference. You're fat shaming me for uh, oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> You're not five foot three. That's true. Uh, is Lincoln just Cliff with better talent? Yeah, always has been, right? Always will be. The astronaut meme? Like, their offenses were the same. Yeah. His Lincoln's defenses are always bad, but it, it, they're bad with, like, four-star players everywhere. Yeah. The scheme is still bad. It's like they've got better tacklers and bigger dudes in the trenches. So, yeah, it's always it's always been that way. He's recruiting a, to a blue blood. Yeah, it's the exact same, just with more talent. All right, ready for some season props? Yeah. Do you want to do yours first? 94 minutes of us in? Yeah. Let's I forgot see. we had two mailbags to do since we skipped the mailbag last week. Are we through both of them? Well, most of them. We had a lot of we had a lot of questions since 624 today. Mailbag was hot. Want to make the same plea I did last week. If you listen to our podcast and enjoy the show, please help us spread the word now that football season is starting. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Gambling Gauchos everywhere on social media. Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Would appreciate that very much. Okay. Over or under one and a half starts for Baron Morton. I want to say under, but history says over. History. Not just Shuck's history, but Texas Tech history. Over or under nine and a half sacks for Steve Linton. Oof. Um... Over under nine and a half, Steve Linton. You know, that position gets a lot of respect. I'll say over. 
but that would be something he's never done in his career. Not even close. If he goes over, we're talking all conference and first or second round pick. Yeah. Okay. Yes or no, Texas Tech will have a national award finalist. So Doak Walker, Lombardi, Ray Guy. I think it's been a while since we had a finalist. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can you remember our last one? Um, I think we had a Bolitnikoff finalist. Was Ezekama a Bolitnikoff finalist? I don't think so. One year? Not all the way? Wait, they, I think he made it to the round before the finalists. One year. Um. Yeah, I don't. I can't name the last one. I don't even know if Mahomes was any of those like Davy O'Brien finalist. Finalist. Yeah. Jordan I Brooks. I don't think so. I think Jordan Brooks maybe was a finalist for the Bednarik. Maybe he was. We got a comment that says Amaro for the Mackie, but I remember he was he was snubbed. He was like a semifinalist. Yeah, because they called but, him a receiver. I think this year, I think Austin McNamara is probably your best bet as a Ray Guy finalist, but I wouldn't put it past Jalen Hutchings. And I wouldn't put it – I think that's the Lombardi, the best interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Who knows? If you have – if Zach Kidley's offense goes full Western Kentucky and you have Bailey Zappi and Stearns Brothers type numbers. Yeah, Duran Bradley. Yeah. So, yes or no? Award finalist or not? Yes. Let's just say yes. Do you know our last what? You're a Thorpe Award winner. Thorpe Award winner. Yeah, one of these DBs. Yes or no? Texas Tech will have a 1,000 yard receiver. Yes, it's been a while, but yes, this year I think Dram Bradley gets there. Was Antoine Wesley in 2018 the last one? I believe so. You've had a lot of 600-yard receivers. I was surprised to learn or remember that we had a negative turnover differential last year. Maybe because you got so much better at it at the end of the year. Yeah. But you were pretty pretty far down, like bottom half of the country, maybe even like 100-something in turnover margin. Wow. Positive turnover margin this year, yes or no? Yes. Fairly confident in that one. I think Tyler Shuck really understands this offense. And, you know, you you had a lot of turnovers early with Donovan. But you really did cut down on your turnovers later in the season. You didn't really generate much turnovers early either. I'm surprised you were negative, too. That's, That's interesting. I think that was it because you you didn't turn Murray State over. Right. And then Houston and NC State, you turned the ball over a combined like eight times. Yeah. So you dug yourself into this huge hole. Baylor, you threw four or five picks. And I think you only recovered one fumble that game, so you lost by three or four that day. Kansas State, you had several turnovers early. Yeah. So anyway, I was – I don't know. I guess I pictured it being close to like net zero. Yeah. Everybody threw a pick in that Baylor game. Yeah, that's right. Um, offensive line struggled last year. I wish I had taken more time to research like PFF grades and all that, but uh, didn't. 
yes or no, the Texas Tech offensive line will be in the top half of the Big 12 in the sacks allowed rate. Ooh. That's a difficult one because you th- you're going to throw a lot. Sacks allowed rate, though. That's per uh, – okay, you – you right. you uh, what do you call it? Accounted for that. Accounted for it. I was going to – Basically, I'm asking we be top half – pass blocking unit in the Big 12. Yes. Using this as the measuring stick. According to summer camp, yes, you will be. And I think I think a lot of that has to do with Tyler Shuck as well. I think not having three different quarterbacks, three different styles. Donovan was a really bad fit for this offensive line because he took a lot of sacks. So I think you'll be better at that this year, yes. Top half. That's all I had. All right, back to the mailbag. How many games will have multiple 100-yard wide receivers? Three. Four. Four games with multiple 100-yard receivers. I think so. That would be awesome. Uh, How many games with a running back over 100 yards rushing? Five. Taj, all five, or? No, I think there'll be a couple where Cameron Valdez gets half of that in one carry. I forgot the exact number, but Tech didn't have a play from Scourbinge gain over X yards. I think it was 60 last season. Does Tech break that threshold this season? And if so, how many times? Yes, that was one of the biggest detriment your offense had last year we talked about the offensive line i think first half of the season we questioned the run pass balance but yeah explosive plays were lacking and some of that was like taj brooks and serato thompson great running backs in terms of like breaking tackles everything but neither one of them was breakaway speed type like justin stockton you know take a screen pass 50 yards you don't have you didn't have a jakeem grant type um so anyway, yeah, I think he'll be going vertical over the top a little more. I think Valdez is more equipped to be a home run threat. So yeah, I think you'll definitely eclipse your longest play from last season. How many times? Ten times? Like how many plays will we eclipse 60 yards? Yeah. If we had zero last year, I'll say I'll say four this year. Over under 6,000 total yards of offense. It was right at 6,000 last year. I'm going under for two reasons. One, the rule changes. If you're playing 8% fewer snaps, we were already going max tempo, so it's hard for me to think that you can go even faster to make up for that. And two, I think you'll run the ball more often and just not play ball control. Um, But, yeah, I think – I think Tyler Shuck running the offense, if he stays healthy, is going to be more efficient on offense, but fewer plays and fewer drives. And so I'll, if the total is 6,000, I'll go under, but I don't think that means that you're going to be worse on offense this year, if that makes sense. Hopefully you'll be on the leader side of it more often than not and be able to run the ball. Yeah. Over under 35 offensive points per game. 34.2 last season. 
Over. Yeah, I think despite the the fewer plays run, I think he'll be much more efficient on offense this year and go over. Over under 29 defensive points per game. 29.1 last season. Under again. I, I don't know if as a unit you'll be better than last year. I know Joey thinks that they will. I am just more hesitant to do that since you lost the number seven overall pick in the draft. Um. There's question marks at inside linebacker. I think they could be answered. So I think you're. I think it's a net even in terms of last year's defense versus this year's, but fewer plays being run, and if you are a little bit better overall as a as a defensive unit, I think you'll go under what you gave up last year. <laughs> uh, yes or no? Three quarterbacks on the field at the same time this season? No. No. Uh, does Joey sport a new game ball cap this year, or are we getting that ugly cap until we have a significantly bad year? People don't like the patch. Yeah, I think I think it'll be next year before there's any major apparel shakeups. Uh, over under, okay, this person edited their comment. I'm going to read the original one. Over under 2,000 beers drank by the Picadors collectively this season. Over. So if you play 13 games with 150 picadors, that's like a beer per picador at 2,000. He's now updated it to 100,000 beers. To how many I, beers? 100,000. So that'd be 50 beers yeah, per, per Saturday per picador? Yeah. <laughs> he went from like, ah, oh, yes, uh, college football Saturday. I might crack one cold one to like... <laughs> Everybody's stomachs are getting pumped every Saturday. Yeah. What's the number here? <laughs> Could he find like a middle number to like 25,000? 20,000? Uh, so 20,000 would be way high. Yeah, that's still 10. Because I'm sure some Picadors don't drink at all. Uh, let's say 10,000. That'd be five, five a week per Picador. That, that's a good number uh, on average because some are going to have eight or 10. But like I said, some people. Don't drink at all. It's supposed to be 10,000 typo, he said. I'm going to go over. <laughs> I hate when I try to type out one zero and instead I type two. Oh, I love Big Hen. The zero is the furthest number key away from the one and the two. There's no way. Uh, over under 13 and a half opposing defenders faking an injury due to fatigue. Over. Oh, hammer the over. Uh, over under one and a half quarterbacks start four or more games this season. Under. I took the under as well. Because here's the other. So I set it at one and a half for Morton because I would that would give room for like a slight injury for Tyler Shuck that he could come back from if he doesn't say 100% healthy. But if Baron Morton gets to go out there for more than four and a half games, I feel like you'll probably just stick with the continuity. I, I don't think the drop off will be that severe. And they'll say, why would we why would we go to a guy who now hasn't played in six weeks coming back from injury when we could just play Morton for his fifth or sixth consecutive start? Right. Uh, so, you can handle 60 beers of us from the comment section. Basically what I'm saying is if Baron Morton gets to start the over, then there's no going back. It's Baron's team. Uh, over under the hair rate surpasses 999.5 yards this season. 
It's four in the first game. Passing yards. I mean, he only has to average 95 per game. But four in the first. So they've got to up their output by 23, 24 times. Yeah. That's a tough ask of most teams, but the bar is underground here. Yeah, I'll go over 1,000 passing yards for, yeah, for I'll Yost. Take, I'll take the over. Uh, does Neil Brown make it eight and a half games? I think if he gets to the non-con, he gets to the season. I think so, too. So, we'll say yes. Is there a worst band for your head coach to have as their favorite than Coldplay? Yes. Really? Kane Brown. Well, <laughs> Kane Brown was pretty bad. Who picked Coldplay? Uh, I think that was an SEC coach. I didn't see who it was. I just they they, they saw him talking about it in the. Well, you know, we go back to your question last episode when you asked me, like, if you're a coach and you answer this, do you give them an honest answer? Or do you try to say something that resonates yeah. with the recruits? Coldplay has got to be neither of those. I mean, Coldplay is a fine band. I think Thomas Mooney said. Is Billy Napier? I think Thomas Mooney said there's like Coldplay is one of those bands you can like and nobody cares, but if it's your favorite band, it's weird. Yeah, like I have Coldplay songs in my library. Yeah, Viva La Vida gets me pumped, but I wouldn't say they're my favorite band. No. And then, it's just uh, a weird answer if you're. I don't know. Like, I feel like the Kane Brown thing was like, oh, I'm going to try to say something that the young people like and just whiff by five years. Yeah. Lane Coldplay, Coldplay is like, I don't know. That's very on brand. Taylor Swift. For Lane, Lane Kiffin. He's a loser. I used to like him. Uh, all right. Final question. Um, in a gross hypothetical world, would Matt Wells still be the head coach at Texas Tech if he had fired David Yost after his first season? Asking due to the poor showing by the FIU offense yesterday. People forget David Yost's offense improved in year two. Uh, well, it didn't improve enough to get him not fired, obviously, but he was like in the top half of the conference. He was, I think, second in the conference total offense after his first season. Right, I think I'd have to go back and look at that, but I don't know. The offense—they didn't score, but they went up and down the field a lot. They were terrible in the red zone. No, because Cumby was here the season that Wells got fired, and like Cumby, I love him, but he was calling the plays that second half against Kansas State when you didn't score. Yeah, Cumby was. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say Cumby was the one deciding not to start Donovan, who was the best quarterback on that team. But that could have been an order from higher up. So I, I don't actually don't want to put that on Cumby's shoulders because um, he did start the rest of the game. True. Uh, people are commenting algorithm in the comment section. We need you to comment algorithm on like old posts in the comment sections if you do that. I mean, it's awesome on the stream here, too, but 
if you could comment algorithm on new posts, that would be wonderful. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would help us tremendously. And subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash gambling And follow us on, tw- on Twitter, X. Do I need to ch- update the uh, logo? I guess I should. Oh, yeah. On the screen. I, I saw a think about that. I'm going to put an X on there. All right. We have uh, an hour 52 in here. 112 minutes of us. Hey, do you want to start a new segment this year? Sure. I think this is the proper time to do it. You give the uh, pregame locker room speech like if you were Joey. What would you say to the team right before they take the field? Can we do this Wednesday? Oh, sure. I need to prepare. I want to prepare, but I can do it. I'll give a, I'll give a speech on uh, Wednesdays. Should I prepare one too? Yeah, I think we both need to. That, right. That'll be the new final thoughts. We'll kill final thoughts and do pregame speeches every Wednesday. I don't want to kill final thoughts. But we'll do final thoughts on Sunday. Okay. Pregame speeches Wednesday. That'll be good. Ryan wants us to do an hour of uh, final thoughts. He he really wants us to go three hours sometime. I've thought about this. We also have some interesting conversations sometimes with people that we're interviewing after we hit end. Yeah. I've wondered if we should, if there's a way to like take us off of streaming and then, but keep recording the audio and put that only on Patreon. Yeah. I think we'd have to restart the thing, but if we could commit them to coming back in with us, we could do that. For sure. Uh, 2020, fifth in total offense, fifth in total yards, sixth in scoring offense. What about in 2021? But give me give me per play or per drive. Because that... Well, that's not how it's calculated, Kyle. I know you prefer that. Well, it can be calculated. It is calculated that way. Well, but not like on the stat sheets. That doesn't matter, though. Fifth like, is not I, well. I was thinking of the total yards, which they were high in, but I guess it was only fifth. It's just a stat that doesn't tell you how good the offense was. It tells you how many plays they ran. I know. I know your thoughts on that particular subject, but that's what I was thinking when I said it. Fifth in total yards seems lower than it was. So I wonder if in 2021 he was like second in total yards and they fired him anyways because he had pressure. That would be really funny. 2021 was Cumby. Oh, yeah, I want 2019. That's right. I, I was thinking 2019. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't care about the 2020 season. The question was on if he had not hired Yost at all. Or fired Yost after his first season. But I think he was second in total yards after his first season. But per play, it was not incredible. I could probably look this up myself faster. But I'm trusting ZS77 here to get it in time before we end the stream. Are you have any final thoughts, Kyle? My aunt has liked the post, our video, so. Oh, shout out shout to out Rob's to aunt. aunt. Um, Aunt Kathy. 
I have an aunt named Kathy. We have a lot of similarities, Kyle. We do. Uh, we'll be interviewing someone who covers Wyoming on Wednesday to help us preview that game. If they, uh, if anybody wants a certain question or topic covered, patreon.com slash gambling out. Just put it in the mailbag for next episode. Rob, it is better to know a little too much than too little. Mm. It is better to know a little too much than too little. That's right. ZS, man, we want we want 2019 Big 12 numbers. 46 in yard per play in 2019, though. 52nd in 2020. We know the yards per play was bad. He did a bunch of screens, but I want uh, total numbers. Because I remember thinking at the time that you have good total offense. As far as everyone else was thinking. Do you know what Stephen Stevens means with that last comment? Yes, that is the potential videographer. Cool. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Second in total yards. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sixth in scoring. And look where it got us. So you were second in total yards, but 46 in yards per play. And the next year you were fifth in total yards, but 52nd, only a couple of spots back in yards per play with probably 0.2 difference in yards per play for that much drop. It was a mirage. You look at the box, we go, oh, we had 450 yards. So what? You stunk. Yeah. When was I swinging a hammer? I don't I don't know what that means. All right, anything else? We're we are so close to 120 minutes of us if we want to just push through. Oh, we could get there. Um passed that a long time ago. I, I'm not doing math at all very well. We're at 158 minutes of us. No, that's that's the two hour mark. I'm right. Sorry. I was right the first time. <laughs> we uh swinging the hammer was me telling the commenters to do their to do my bidding. I got you. <laughs> do we have a pigskin confirmed making its way to Laramie? I wonder if I could get one from Cardinals. They could gear us up for the trip. Ooh. Get one, dude. I'll ask uh, I'll ask Bradley if he can gear us up and we can do some some plug there. I need I need my peers to see me spin it. It's a good conversation started. Hey man, you have a good arm. Oh yeah, I was actually the 2014 intramural flag football champion back at Texas Tech. You play with people, it at, uh, in Roots Airbnb yard. People forget that about me, so I got to remind them. Do they? No. I don't think they forget, man. I think they know. Should I pack my T-shirt? They give you a T-shirt if you win in your murals. No 40-yard dashes, Steven Steven says. I wonder if they would let me, when we're doing the facilities tour, if they would let me... Run on the field? Let me go, yeah. 
Did you see Kevin Hart run the 40? No. So he was running it against uh, some former NFL player. He said he was trying to be the fastest guy at the barbecue. He, like, ripped so many muscles. He's in a wheelchair for a while now. (laughs) He, like, blew out his abs trying to run the 40 for one time. Pulled a bunch of tendons. That's rough. Nathan says, please wear your T-shirt. It's like a schmedium. You don't get to pick your size. So it's it's kind of ill-fitting, but I I might do it. I can bring my high school letter jacket, too. I can just wear oh, both yeah. of them. Yeah. What color was your high school? Oh, burnt orange and white. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not wearing that. No. You got a lot yeah, of they, uh, the Crosstown Rival... We were like the newer school back in the 80s when it opened. And the Crosstown rival was maroon and white because of A&M. And so to like play up the rivalry, they picked orange and white. Uh, Crop top Kyle with a headband. I don't think we need that. Uh, Over under two and a half pulled hammies by the Picadors in Laramie. It's like the under. I I think we're well hydrated. And well stretched. Whenever we want to, man. I don't think we're all wearing them together, unless we all want to wear them to the tour, which I may or may not be at. Oh yeah. Well, Chuck isn't getting there till like kickoff. Oh yeah, he's getting there Friday night. So I guess we're gonna have to wear them Saturday as we pregame. All right. Or on the road home. To kick off. Wait, can can Chuck get them to you to bring them earlier? He said that they were getting here Thursday. They're here. He tweeted a picture of them. Well, I think his buddy sent him a picture of them. Oh, Chuck. So if they get here Thursday, unless they're here by Thursday morning, I guess. Steven Steven says he's going to pick them up. However that works. I don't know. I also don't know about showing up for the facilities tour in a t-shirt that like could be perceived as trash talk. Yeah. I would like to wear it. I don't know. Wear it sometime in Wyoming. Yeah. That's when you get the looks, man. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe we can all go to brunch together on a Sunday. Alpha brunch. Yeah. Well, you're flying home. Yeah, my flight's at like 1.30, I think. See, I'm driving back. That's what I was talking about, not uh, going till Monday. Kyle, shouldn't your high school have worn Appalachian State colors if it was supposed to be an A&M rival? Shots fired. Because A&M lost to Appalachian State last year. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Or Arkansas State, they say. All right, man. We've had final thoughts. We had the mailbag. We're into two hours. I know Ryan wants us to go three, but I think we're good, huh? Yeah, if you want more Live Party Pod on Tuesday. And then we'll be back Wednesday on the Republic of Football podcast feed. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And then Saturday night, 
live from Laramie, Wyoming. Picadors after dark. You can hang out with us 24-7, patreon.com slash gamblinggouches. Join the Discord. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, Maybe a couple other things before we go. Okay. Be on the lookout on X slash Instagram for some stuff that we didn't really do last year. Maybe some, uh, maybe some playlists, maybe some game posters. And then some stuff we did do last year, maybe not all of last year, like some six degrees of separation. We'll have the uniform rankings once those come back out. So the drip drip rankings. Yeah. There'll be a a weekly rotation of sorts. What are we doing? Uh, Kyle's road trip playlist and Rob's road trip playlist. We could, but last year I started the process of mining for information by asking people what's their favorite song about a Big Twelve city or state, or that mentions that city, or by a musician that's from that city. Gotcha. So this year we can go back and look at all the Stillwater suggestions, Lawrence suggestions. We'll have to add some for the newcomers and for the non-con. But what I'm hoping to do is, I guess we can do it on our YouTube channel, right? We can like make a playlist. Yes. And share the share the YouTube playlist and say, go listen to these songs that are about Wyoming. I think we can do that. Can we do the same thing on Spotify? Do you know? Yeah, we can make a Spotify playlist, but you'll have to. We'll have to make like a Gaucho's name. I think we have one. How do we do that? What do you mean? I don't think we have a Gaucho's Spotify playlist. I think we do. An account? I think so. How so? I think we did what hundreds of millions of other people did and just like made one. You give them like an email address and boom, you have a Spotify account. Okay. I think. Are you paying for that? No. I think you might have to pay for it to make playlists that you can share. All right, then we'll do it on YouTube. We can do it on uh, Apple. I definitely don't know how to do that. I can do it. Anyway, uh, youtube.com slash at gambling gauchos will zed it out on X. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeet. Yeet Yeet is in in existence. Yeet. And uh, yeah. Can't believe there's still people watching this. Our numbers have like barely fallen off. Starter says good pod. Ryan says can't wait for run through a wall Wednesday. We got uh, planning after dark. See, this is the stuff we should be doing uh, off air. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'll I'll hang up and listen. The numbers just went up. Well, do you want to wait and then say love y'all afterwards or what? The suspense is building. Somebody just called it like, you got to tune in for this. And somebody else joined the stream. All right. See you in Laramie. If not, uh, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Did I plug that enough this episode? Yeah, I think so. All right. See you all in Laramie. Love y'all.